Have you ever felt called to do something and been too afraid to go after it? On this episode, I speak with Commissioner Scott Van Camp about following your calling and the happiness that brings your life. Commissioner Van Camp is a commissioner at the West Justice Center in Orange County, California. As commissioner, he has presided over preliminary hearing calendars, misdemeanor arraignments, pretrials, and jury trials. He was a public defender for 19 years, leaving the office as a senior public defender. He then crossed over and was a deputy district attorney for a year before becoming commissioner. Commissioner Van Camp loves the law and he loves his family. He has used those two loves to guide his life to a place of happiness. Enjoy. All right, Scott Van Camp, thank you so much for being with us today on Law Profit. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm happy to be here. This is gonna be I'm, fun. I'm doing great, Scott. I'm doing great. Uh, so, Scott, we you're now a commissioner at, in Westminster Court. Can you tell me why you decided to become a lawyer? Yeah. Uh, so I I grew up here in Westminster, um, and both my parents are in the healthcare field. And I actually thought that I wanted to be a doctor. And that's what I told everybody I was going to do. I got to high school. Uh, I took chemistry, and I realized that wasn't going to work out. Uh, and right around the same time, my history teacher had us do a mock trial. It was like a, a criminal case where we did a prosecution and I was one of the lawyers and I just, I loved it. Like there was something about it that just clicked. Uh, I ended up doing the high school's mock trial team uh, and then went to college, majoring in political science, knowing that, you know, I definitely want to go to law school. I definitely want to go to law school and, and graduated from Long Beach State and then went to law school at uh, Pepperdine. And I, one of those people that really, I loved law school, like really, really, really liked law school a lot. Um, and once I got there, I knew I'd made the right choice. Why did you love law school? Because I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, what? Yeah, what? I know. <laughs> I just, I just, I mean, it sounds cliche almost, but I really loved the law. Like I just, I thought it was really interesting and um, fascinating to uh, read these Supreme Court cases that are interpreting these various amendments. And I, I mean, some of the, you know, I didn't, I don't think anybody likes wills and trusts or contracts. <laughs> But once you got past that kind of first year and you could kind of specialize in the stuff that I wanted to do, I just like, I loved con law. Um, I loved reading the cases. I just, I don't know. I just, I just did. Like there was just something about it that made sense that my brain liked to think that way and liked the work that way. That's, that's, that's interesting. What about the workload? You didn't find the workload too much or was it because you loved it so much? It just felt like fun. No, I, I, I did. It didn't bother me. It really didn't. I mean, in fact, this is, this is, I'm going to date myself, but I was, uh, this was so old. I would do all my homework and then I would, uh, record on my VCR law and order. And then at the end of the day, I would watch a law and order episode because I didn't watch it when it was on and I'd watch the repeats every day. So I, I couldn't get enough. Of it. That is, that's absolutely amazing. So you said that it made sense in your brain. What else about it though? Was it um, was it the the way the courts work? Was it was there something about justice? Is there something that, that you can look back on and say, you know what, this is this is why I love the law? I don't know if there is. I mean, I, I I've always liked to write, and I always have admired really good writing. And there's some judicial opinions that are they're terrible writing. And there's some that are really, really good. Um, and so I like to read those. I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to describe. Like, it's just, I would be, okay, here's a fact pattern. Here's some cases that have similar fact patterns and the way this was interpreted. I mean, it's, it's thinking like a lawyer. There was just something about that that just made sense to me and that I really liked. Like, it was not, like, I love 
statutory construction and trying to figure out what these words means and, and digging into the weeds of you know legislative history like there's just something about that that i like it's almost like it's it's a treasure hunt for me like i know the answers out there i've just got to keep reading and reading until i find it and for whatever reason that's just something that that clicked right away with me in law school you know they always tell you the first year of law school is really to try to make you think like a lawyer which can be good or bad but there was something about that that just clicked. Like it just, my mind was designed to think and work that way and do that type of work. And I just, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. Was it in law school? At, at what point did you know that you wanted to go into criminal law or, or did you know you wanted to go into criminal law? Either as a DA or PD, private practice? I, I did. Through college and law school and even in high school, I wanted to be a prosecutor. That's why I thought that I was going to law school. And even through my first year of law school, um, I was going there with the mind that I'm going to graduate from law school and I'm going to be a prosecutor in the Orange County District Attorney's Office because I wanted to come back to where I grew up. But uh, then um, I think now there's externships. You can get credit for working for public defenders or DA's office. Then at, during law school, it was very difficult to get externships. You certainly couldn't get school credit for them and they didn't pay. It was difficult to get externships even in either a DA's office or a public defender's office after your first year of law school. Well, I was a bartender all through college, and when I came home from law school, I'd go back and bartend, and the bar I worked at was across the street from the Lamoureux Justice Center, and it was a public defender bar. So a lot of the public defenders, a couple of the judges would come in all the time. They were all regulars. I knew them. I talked to them. They knew I was going to law school. They all worked at the public defender's office, and they were saying, you know, what are you going to do this summer? And I said, well, I'm having a hard time trying to get an externship, and they said, well, we can get you a job in the juvenile delinquency as an extern. Um, and that would be great because then I could work my externship during the day and then go across the street and bartend at night. And so I thought, oh, great, I'll get, I'll do this first summer. I'll see what the other side is like. It'll make me a better prosecutor. Uh, and I went over there and I just loved it. I mean, part of it was there were a number of great lawyers there who were all relatively new, all people that you know, like, and some of them are judges now, like Kate Lewis, Mike Perez. Mick Hill, Andrew Nachayev. There are a lot of really cool people that were working there. So it was fun to work with them. But I just I just found myself liking the work. I, I, I was surprised that I liked doing criminal defense as much as I did. And by the end of the summer, I was pretty convinced that no, I don't want to be a DA. I want to be a public defender. I want to do this. This is this is more important to me. This seems more like using the law to seek out good, to get to get make sure people's rights are vindicated really was something that I wanted to do. It wasn't just, I mean, obviously I, I cared about representing um, clients as individual people. And I also think it probably helped that they were kids that I was representing. So, you know, it, it, well, half these kids were, you know, but for the grace of God, go I, these kids are being prosecuted for stuff that me and my friends did quite a bit when we were that age and just weren't prosecuted for whatever, you know, well, for some obvious reasons and some <laughs> that aren't. Um, but so I just really liked it and I, and, and I wanted to do more criminal defense. When I went back to law school, I was convinced this is what I want to do. Uh, I went back to the public defender's office the set after my second year and I was a paid law clerk. I worked a lot with Don Landis, who was definitely a mentor of mine. He's now, uh, up in private practice in Northern California, but he was a writs and appeals guy, which is what I really liked. And I worked closely with him. When I went back for my third year, I actually externed at the LADA's office because I wanted to make sure that this is what I wanted to do. And after a semester there, I mean, those people were very nice too, but 
after doing that for a semester, I knew that that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a public defender. Yeah. I, be, I bet you served a lot of drinks at the public defender bar. I did serve quite a few. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can still tell you what most of them drink too, but yes. <laughs> um, so when you are at, you st- you get hired straight out of law school into the PD's office in Orange County? Yes. So I went after my third year of law school and after I took the bar, uh, came back and was a paid law clerk uh, waiting for bar results, got our ball results. It's always around Thanksgiving, right? And I think I think my first day as an official PD was, I think I was sworn in the end of December, 1999. So yeah, I went right from law school to the public defender's office. And tell me how important you mentioned Don Landis and a couple other people that were mentors and are mentors of yours. Uh, how important were these people in your development as a lawyer and a human? Uh, uh, Crucial. Uh, and it wasn't just on um, Jamie Olinger, who's since passed away, uh, was someone who meant a lot to me and really showed me the way. And mentoring in a sense that, yes, you would they would give you legal assignments and you would run things by them and they explain to you. But it was more the practicality. Like, you know, and, and I'm sure this is a common experience with a lot of people from law school. And I think that we are as a profession are often criticized that we don't have, you know, to be a doctor, you've got to do a residency. We don't have a lot of hands-on training because you can learn all the stuff you want in law school, but I'm sure you, this was your experience as well, but I don't know what a 995 motion is. Like I can write it, but you want me to do what? Like there's the practical sense to the law that you don't get from law school and you've got to have good people who have done the work that you're doing for a long time, take you under their wing and explain to you like, Hey, this is how you're going to get this done. Hey, make sure you're really nice to all the clerks and bailiffs, you know, all these things that no one ever talks to you about in law school, but it's such an important part of the real world practice. So I, I was so grateful to have someone like Don Landis who, I mean, he was in written appeals. And when I started out, it's not where I started. That's where I wanted to go. And Jamie Ollinger, where I could say like, Hey, this is what's going on. What do you think? I would talk to them a lot. Like, here's my legal issue. This is what I want to do. And they both say, okay, well, that's fine. But what about your client? Like your client's mentally ill. He needs this help. You're not going to do any good. If you do X, Y, and Z, you're just focusing on the law. Stop just focusing on the law, focus on the client, focus, not just on the law, but also on the client. So it was that kind of mentorship and encouragement um, to keep doing what I'm doing that that was invaluable to me like that that was probably more important to me than most of what I did in law school yeah I, I always find it fascinating it's that you could, <laughs> it's that deeper level of understanding you you can take a rudder guide or some other legal text and and you can read it and it can tell you what to do and it can give you the forms to fill them out but it, it it takes something deeper. It's like learning a foreign language, you know, when yes. you finally like drop into it and you get that deeper understanding. I think that's where mentorship has played a huge role in my life. Uh, and it sounds like in yours too, where they take you more quickly to the place you need to be to understand the why. Right. And, oh, yeah. and you know, and, Absolutely. And, so I, no, and, I, and I felt like, I felt like I, I did well in law school and I thought I was prepared to do it, but I just can't imagine passing the bar and then, the next day having a client in your office all right you're hired go to court defend me like i i just i don't know how anybody could do it i really don't god bless the people who do um but thank god that's one of the things i like the most about that that office the public defender's office was there was such a focus on hey the younger people are going to be mentored by the older people so they can show you how to get this done oh man that's huge that's how i learned so much at the pd's office was 
they throw they throw you in the deep end by putting you out in court. But there are people there. There's always somebody you can go to. And I, I think that at the PD's office, they so many people love what they do that they're willing to take the time. I yes. think two parts. One, they love what they do, and two, it's the type of person that they are generally as a public defender that mm-hmm. lends itself to wanting to mentor people. Yeah, I agree completely. I really think that there is kind of a, a definitely a pay it forward mentality there that when I started, the older, uh, the more experienced lawyers helped me. So now I'm going to help the younger lawyers. And then when those lawyers get older, and it's kind of a pattern that continues, or at least it was there. It was that was what it was like the whole time I was there. Yeah, and it really helps with continuity, and it helps with with the with the direction of the PD's office and the way they serve the clients. Is there there? It's just this common feeling of being a public defender that I think you find throughout all offices, at least in California. Right when you get together in those groups, you really you really feel that. Absolutely, yeah. It, I just for anyone out there who's who's thinking about going into criminal defense or they're in law school, like I can't recommend strongly enough to start in a DA's office or in a public defender's office for that exact reason. Because, you know, I'm sure that there are private criminal defense lawyers that will also, you know, guide you and be a mentor and that could work as well. But the public defender's office and the DA's office, I just, I can't imagine doing that work without the support structure that you get from the office, especially when you start off. Yeah. And and you had mentioned, you know, dealing with the court staff, right? And dealing with people in the courtroom. And I think that gets overlooked too, right? Because it's the relationships you establish there that end up, you know, helping you out throughout your legal career in the cases you have right there, but just throughout, right? You feel more comfortable when you go to other courtrooms, you know who to go to first to talk to, you know, who the shot callers are right. in there, you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's the kind of stuff that's invaluable. And that's obviously stuff you don't get in law school. It's why, it's why you need to, you certainly want to try to do externships so you can just see what it's like on a daily basis. If anything, just to speak the language, you know, yeah. there's just this entire vernacular or, or, or vernacular, but entire, um, just almost a foreign language to someone, even someone who's a lawyer who doesn't practice criminal law, all this shorthand that everybody knows what it means, but unless you've actually been there, you have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I want to make sure we have time to talk about w- what you loved about the PD's office and then your transition from PD to DA to commissioner. So c- can you tell me what you loved about being a public defender? What, if you pick one thing that you love the most about being a public defender, and then can you talk to us about your transition, why you transitioned from the public defender's office to the DA's office? Yeah. So if I could pick one thing about being a public defender that I loved the most, it was that it was just the pure exercise of or pure practice of law. There weren't any other considerations to take into account other than just practicing law and making the best possible decision um, or, or, or exploring every outcome that you could to try to get your client to the best result that you could. Um, you and I talked briefly before we started talking today. Um, there were a lot of times when uh, I would consider leaving the office to go into private practice. You know, when we started having kids and we wanted to get more money, and I had a couple of really good friends of mine who left, were in the public defender's office and left and went into private practice and were doing very well and wanted me to come with them. Um, and I never did, and I'm glad I never did. But one of the main reasons why I never did was because I didn't want to be a businessman. I just wanted to be a lawyer. Like the thing, the, the, the and if I could pick one thing about the public defender's office, that's it. Like every decision I made was just what I thought was in my client's best legal interest. It wasn't considering how much it costs to do this or do that, or do I want to take the time to take a writ to the court of appeal on this? You know, even if I win, he's still got all these other issues. It was just, it was pure law. 
And that's the thing I love the most about it, because that's, I mean, again, it's why I love law school. Like, I, I really love the law. I like practicing law. I liked being a lawyer in the public defender's office allowed me to do that. Well, I, I think that's what's, what's important too is I, I I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to go, like you said, go make more money. They have to chase money or they have these other priorities. I think it's important that somebody like it sounds like you know who you are, you know what you love, and you made the decisions with your practice and your career that fall in line with that, which is the beauty of law and the written word right yeah well and and you know it's it's not like we were paid minimum wage as public defenders you could make a very good living being a public defender and i did for a long time and my wife is a prosecutor i'm sure we'll talk about that later she she does as well um but for me it was it was i, I wanted to be happy I, I knew that i wouldn't be i mean and there would be i'm sure i would have great opportunities to do great work in private practice but i knew that i would also have to chase money. I'd have to bring in clients, seek that opportunity. And I didn't want to do that because I, I, I just wanted to practice law and being in the public defender's office allowed me to just do that. I didn't have to worry about going out to get clients. I, they, we never ran out of clients in the public defender's office. Yeah, no, I, I, and I think that's great. I think that, that but it, it takes a strength uh, and, and quite frankly, the power to make a choice like that. I think people are afraid to make choices like that. But at the end of the day, it's about being happy for yourself and you and you're, you become a better father, right? Because as a, there's a lot of people, right, who, who make the different choice and every area of their life suffers because of it. And I think that takes us to sort of why you left, decided, at, you know, after about 18 years to leave the PD's office. Can you tell us about that? Uh, I had been in the office for 18 years and in the public defender's office then, I think it's still the case now, they don't let you um, kind of specialize in something that you want to do. Uh, like I was primarily a writs and appeals lawyer. That's what I wanted to do. But there's no guarantee that, hey, you could stay in that position. Uh, I was lucky in that mo more than half of my career in the office, I was in writs and appeals. And that's what I wanted, where I wanted to be. I thought it was what I did best. I thought I did it pretty well. And that's what I wanted to stay. Uh, but about a year before I left the office, they said, uh, we want you to go back to the felony panel, which meant trying felony cases, which I'd also done before. I think I've done something like 30 or so jury trials. So it's not like I was afraid to try a case. I just didn't like it as much as Ritz and Appeals. I didn't think I was as good at it as I was as Ritz and Appeals. But by that time, uh, I had applied for this commissioner position. And I was on essentially like a wait list. And the way it was explained to me was uh, we have a list of candidates who we think would be great commissioners. And as vacancies happen, we will pull from that list. So basically, I was in this holding pattern with the court wanting to get on the commissioner because ultimately what I wanted to do with that by that point was be on the bench. Um, but in any event, so I'm back on the felony panel. I'm trying cases uh, and I'm just not happy. It's. Uh, I have, I don't know if we've talked about this in the intro or not, but I have three kids. We have a 12-year-old and 10-year-old twins, uh, and I'm very active in coaching. They all play a ton of sports, and I coach their soccer teams and their baseball teams, and I love doing it. And being in Ritz and Appeals, I have the flexibility to do it because I can work at night after everybody goes to bed. I'm not constantly in court every day, where, if, as you know, you've done a million trials. When you're, in, when you're in trial, you're not doing anything other than being in trial pretty much 24 hours a day. And so it was really not great with my schedule. It was just making me unhappy. And I kept hoping that the commissioner position would open up uh, and it didn't. Uh, and so at one point my wife pulled me aside and said, look, you gotta do something else because you're miserable and it's showing and it's affecting our family and it needs to stop. 
Uh, and she was right. And so at that point, I was thinking to myself, okay, well, I'll go into private practice. Uh, again, one of my really good friends who recently passed away, unfortunately, Jerry Goldman, um, wanted me to come work with him. He was explaining to me, there's not a lot of private lawyers who do writs and appeals. So that could be a really good niche for you. Please come and do it. And we kind of went back and forth. And as I explained earlier today, it's not really what I want to do. And I also was concerned about throwing myself in, because I knew if I did it, I'd have to throw myself into this new business opportunity, but at the same time, knowing that if the court called tomorrow, I'm out, I'm going to go be a commissioner because that's what I want to do. I don't want to just do private practice. Um, but anyway, so that was what I was going to do. I was going to leave and go into private practice. And then the DA's office had heard that I was leaving or was going, was considering leaving. And they reached out to me and they said, Hey, would you ever consider, you know, have you ever thought about working for us? And the answer was no. <laughs> I've worked against you for 18 years um, on some pretty high profile stuff. Uh, no, I don't really want to be a DA. Um, but they had a, a senior person in their writs and appeals uh, department was retiring. So they had a position. And they explained to me that, uh, you know, unlike the PD's office, if I came work for them, I could stay in writs and appeals for my entire career. Um, they explained that they wanted to try to make some changes in the office and they thought that I could help with that. Uh, and that they talked to everybody who was, because the, the writs and appeals from the DA's office obviously opposed the writs and appeals from the PD's office quite a bit. So I've known those guys for a long time, those men and women, and they talked to them and said, no, we think you'd be great. So I talked about it with my wife um, and it really wasn't something, you know, since before I went to law school, I didn't want to be a DA. Um, but I talked about my wife and the pay and benefits would eventually be the same. And we both kind of agreed, well, you were going to leave anyway. So if you go over there and you hate it, you can just leave and then you won't be anywhere off. And I did tell the office, you know, I am on this commissioner waiting list. If you hire me today and the court calls tomorrow, I'm going to leave. And they said, that's fine. We'll be happy to, to have you for as long as we can. So I did it. Um, it was difficult to leave the public defender's office, especially to go to you know, the enemy, as some people would consider the public defender's office the DA's office. And, you know, and for, and it was, it was kind of awkward because for, you know, benefits and salary purposes, like I literally had to be on Thursday, I'm a public defender. And on Friday, I am a DA because you have to wait out the pay period. If I took even a day off, I would lose all the, you know, the benefits and whatnot. Um, and, but it was, I mean, I'm really glad I did it. The, 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 the friends of mine in the public defender's office who knew me and knew why I did it, completely understood. Um, there were some people who I think were offended or put off or saw, you know, kind of saw me as a, as a traitor to the cause. Um, if I ever got a chance to explain that to them, I think they understood better. But, you know, some people feel that way. I'm sorry that they feel that way. That wasn't the case at all. I love the work I did in the public defender's office and I was very proud of it. But after 18 years as a lawyer, I wanted to do what I thought I was best at. And the, the simple fact of the matter was the public defender's office at that point would not let me do that. And the DA's office would. Um, and I, you know, I'd never worked for the DA's office. I thought it would be helpful to me if I ended up on the bench to get a little bit of perspective as a prosecutor. And that's turned out to be the case. And we can talk about that uh, a little later. But I ended up really liking it more than I thought I did um, or more than I thought I would. I think part of it was I was in their law and motion department. So I was basically doing the same thing that I was doing in the public defender's office, but from the opposite side. I had worked with, or I should say, I, you know, been in court opposed by most of that unit for most of my career. So I knew them all pretty well. Some of them are were my really good friends uh, and were very welcoming. There are also, I think, some people in the DA's office who were not happy to see me um, working there. Kind of the same thing as the public defenders, like, like, what are you doing here? You've, you know, you've written this about our office or said that about our office and you shouldn't be here. 
Um, but I generally stayed away from that floor uh, and it worked out just fine. I'm really glad I did it. Uh, I did that for about a year. And so you, ha- you mentioned it. So I want to ask you about that. How do you feel that serving time as a public defender and serving time as a, as a DA and the way I say it makes it sound like it's prison, but right. um, <laughs> doing time in both offices, um, how that has impacted you as a commissioner? It's just, it's a different perspective. It's, it's a different perspective legally, but it's almost, a, it's also a different, I don't know if I can describe it, like a logistical perspective. The offices are very different. I mean, obviously they're different. One's prosecuting, one's defending. Um, in the public defender's office, it was very much a, everybody's on the same team. Your case is my case. You know, probably a third of what I did in, in writs and appeals, and I imagine I took a call or two from you back in the day, was trial lawyers call and say, hey, I'm in court. I've got 10 minutes. I need this answer. What's this? What's, you know, give me a case. Um, I found that the DA's office is not like that. The DA's office is very structured and regimented. Like, this is your unit. This is what you do. You don't do anything else. Um, it, it's almost kind of a law enforcement structure, which makes sense because it's their law enforcement, Right. So that was different. Um, so logistically, like I get when I've got a DA in court and we've got this issue going on with another DA, like I understand they truly don't know what's going on with the case because that's that's not how their office is set up. Um, legally, it was fascinating because the, you know, the, the law is essentially the same. The law is the law. You're trying to get a judge to interpret it in a way that benefits, you know, as a defense attorney, your client, as a prosecutor, the people. But what I liked about the DA's office that I didn't really get to do in the public defender's office was there's a much more of a, of a broader kind of public policy perspective. Whereas if you're a defense lawyer, all right, I've got to make all of these objections to preserve the record. I've got to try all of these legal issues. Like, this is my position. Even if I read a statute and I think, you know what, I don't think it actually means that. But there's no case that says it either way. So I'm going to argue it means what works out the best for my client. The DA's office... There were a lot of times where, okay, here's the legal argument that we can make to achieve X. But let's step back for a second. Do we want to do that? Do we want to take this position on, you know, this particular statute? Do we want this to be our office position? Or, you know, do we want to try something else? Are we worried about X, Y, or Z? Like, is this the case that we want to take up on appeal for this legal issue? Because these facts are bad. Why don't we wait until we get the same legal issue with better facts for us? Like, a kind of perspective that you don't have as a defense attorney, because a defense attorney, it's just this client that's in front of you and nobody else. Whereas a DA, it was much more of a broader kind of public policy perspective. Yeah, here's our legal argument. Is that is that really what we want to do? Let's let's talk about that. So I really enjoyed that part of it. And it's not really something that ever occurred to me when I was working as a public defender. And, and I, I think that's that's really interesting because it, it helps me get perspective too as to why, like I start already looking back on decisions that were made on cases that I've had mm-hmm. in the past. And it, that that's really interesting about how the, the offices are structured and about the things that impact decisions on, on cases. Yeah, it, it really does. It's, it, there's the mentorship's the same, but like, and maybe it's just because I, I come from a writs and appeals perspective, I would... DAs would, you know, I'd be assigned a 995 and the trial DA would um, have the case. And I talked to them about the case and I'd say, you know, have you thought about X, Y, and Z? And we can try this. And, and they they seemed surprised that someone from the unit was reaching out to provide legal advice beyond the assignment that was in front of them. Um, and I think they've started to change that a little bit to make it a little bit more 
of a team perspective. At least that was my perspective when I was there. Was that it was, and, and again, I liked the experience very much, um, but I felt that the office could have been. And I was a prosecutor for a year, so I, they probably would take what I say with a grain of salt, and they should. <laughs> um, but I feel like they would benefit from a little bit more of a team, per, a team approach, kind of like we saw in the public defender's office. Um, yeah. Which, but you know, again, I was a DA for a year, so what do I know? <laughs> Tell, so what do you love now about being a commissioner? Like, honestly, everything. Like, really? This, this is the greatest job I've ever had. I mean, I would like to be a full-blown judge, not because there's something magical about it. I just have more opportunities that would be available to me as a judge versus a commissioner. Um, I would say probably a few years into my career, I thought this is what I wanted to do eventually. Uh, and it has exceeded all of my wildest expectations. Um, the only downside to the job really is it's kind of isolating. Um, in the public defender's office or in the DA's office, you're hanging out with your friends every day, you're going to lunch every day, you're eating in the lunchroom. It's not like that on the bench. Uh, and especially the way West Court is designed, um, there's judges who are in the building that I haven't, I don't see for a year because they're on the other side of the courthouse. There's no way for me to get to a hallway to have any contact with them. So it's, it's very isolating. I, I miss the social aspect of being in the DA's office or being in the public defender's office. But other than that, it's just, it's just great because it's just, it's pure law, which is what I like, but pure law in that I don't, now I don't have to make into account what I think is in the best interest of a client. It's, this is what I think the law is. Like, here's my answer. Here's why I've given you this answer. And if I'm wrong, a higher court will tell me. Um, I also really like the fact that it's really intellectually stimulating during the day, but then when I go home, there's not a lot of homework. You know, I think there are assignments, and I know that, that there are judicial officers who are in civil assignments and family court assignments where I know that there's a ton of things that they have to read every night, and there's a lot more homework. At least in my current assignment, it's not that way. I mean, I'm working pretty hard, especially with COVID, and we can talk about that if you'd like, kind of the changes that have happened with COVID. I'm working really hard from when I get here until I go home. But when I go home, I go home. I just get to be with my family. I don't have to worry about stuff related to work, which I also really like. But it's just, it's just, it's, it's just pure law. It's even more pure law than being a lawyer because you're the one who's deciding, you know, what the law is, which is just, it's fantastic. I love it. Well, I mean, it, it's awesome. What, what I want to know from you is, so you, you now have gotten yourself to the spot, which is like the perfect job for you right you've got this this job that's perfect for you it's not it's not the job that's perfect for everybody right it's perfect for you you also with your your wife and your kids you're able to coach their sports which is super important to you and you spent all this time making choices unique to you driven by who you are so can you tell us what empowering beliefs do you have that have allowed you to kind of navigate life to where it is right now? Well, the first is my family. There's nothing that's more important to me than my family. And one of the best things about being a public defender and a DA and in this job is that you get to spend time with your family. I mean, there's, you know, when you're working on really hard cases, there's late nights and you're on trial. So there's occasionally sometimes when you have to be away, it's just the nature of being a lawyer. But for the most part, I'm, it's not about billable hours and how long you have to be in the office. You get to spend time with your family, which is really important to me. Um, the second thing, I, I think what, and I don't know that I was actually consciously doing it. I think looking back now, I do, but certainly at the time I don't. Um, do what makes you happy. 
Like that's really it. Do what makes you happy. And, and like I said, I don't think that I was, you know, two or three years in the lawyer saying, I'm going to stay in this office for 20 years because this makes me happy. And I don't think I had that awareness at that time. But looking back, like that's got to be the most important thing. You've got to do what makes you happy, even if it means you're going to make a little bit less money than you would if you went out and did something else where you had to, to if I just, I can't imagine, especially now having been on the bench, like now having this, this amazing dream job, I can't imagine going back and doing something else. Like this is just, this is what I want to do for the rest. I mean, there's one more job I'd like to get. Um, I'd like to be on the court of appeal. I think that would be amazing. Um, and you know, that's obviously a pipe dream. I'm not even a, a full blown judge at this point. Um, but I think that's something that I would really, really like, but if this is the job that I have for the rest of my life, I will be very, very happy doing it because it just, it just makes me happy. It's just the love I get to basically do my apply my love of law. And that's what I get to do every day. When I come to work, I, I come to work every day, very happy, um, because it's a great job. That's awesome, man. And I, I got to tell you, Scott, you're, when I got to work with you as a public defender, it was, it was awesome because your energy, your love for the law is contagious and it's super cool now to get to talk to you and you've been true to that and it's brought you this happy life. And so it's, it's awesome to hear. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And uh, you know what, if, if anybody deserves to be on the court of appeal someday, it's you, man, you, you I are. appreciate that great human and you love the law. So thanks, man. It was great to talk to you and great to see you. Thanks a lot, Scott. Take care.